What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the May 19th edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news, brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, you can call me John, and I am joined once again by the king of the courtside and my king. What's up, Joey? What is up, good sir? I like the chain pull right before we went live on the cameras as well. No, no one needed to see that, sir. <laughs> no. Last week it was the dance moves. This week the chain pull. So much happening in those few seconds right before we turn the cameras on. No, nobody needs to, you know, I had to change shirts before I came on and the, the necklaces were tucked underneath. You got you to show up though. The bling. Whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. Joe, you call it like my rapper chains or whatever. It was. I mean, it kind of has like that Guido feel to it, a little like Italian Guido. mafia. I'm German. <laughs> like, that's that's an insult. It's I'm like, just oh. waiting for the pinky ring to come next. But yes, the chains are looking good. I'm glad they were able to make their appearance here right before those cameras came online. It's all good. Uh, apparently, OBS is up to their old fun things again. Joey, can you give me a check one, two real quick? Check, check, one, two, yeah. check, one, there you two. Go. Fix like that. OBS, stop changing my audio channels on me like that. That's not cool. Uh, Joey called me Guido uh, is, <laughs> is, is pretty much what happened. It was uh, it was not cool because I'm German. That That's uh, moral of the story for those of us here on Twitch. Joey, I'm going to run through the homework here real quick. Nation, if you're not doing so already, make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. It is at Level Up Live. That is at LVLUP Live. And while you're on Twitter, you can get all of Joey's hot fashion takes including uh, double necklaces that people wear. I uh, follow him at Courtside King, and then uh, you can look for my response at Fiasco. Uh, check it out there as well. And Nation, as always, the live show on Twitch is the place to be. To be. There we go. It's not like I talk for a living or anything. Uh, but we also offer the show in a podcast form. It's called Level Up Podcast. Check it out on your podcatcher of choice. Just look up the Level Up Podcast. We do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash OTN. Become a super fan today. Check out Patreon, patreon.com slash OTN. Joey, we finally come to the part where I ask you what we're talking about tonight. So what in the world are we talking about tonight on the May 19th edition of Level Up Live? John, we're talking PlayStation Plus, their new launch titles, God of War Ragnarok with tons of accessibility features, some new updates on the Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition, and then diving down a little bit further, we have a bunch of new game announcements from the 505 Showcase. Ubisoft's Roller Champions has a release date. Uh, we're talking... I mean, John, there's so much. There's rumors as well. We have a little rumor mill for Silent Hill. Uh, we have some Warzone action going on there. Fall Guys announcements and so much more. Oh, so so we're, t we're, we're diving into the into the gossip section is what you're... Now, do I need to get like, some Hollywood music for, for, like, the, for like, the gossip section? I mean, I think I'm down. I think it would yes. work really well there. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out next time. Uh, Nation, we have our topics, but before we can even dive into these amazing topics here on Level Up Live, we do have to touch on one important thing, and it's been here with us all the way from episode one. It was here with us before Joey and I were even a twinkle in our parents' eyes. Of course, is the drink of choice segment. Joey, your beverage, and it better not suck. I knew it went back far, but not quite that far. I mean, uh, wow. it went. It's super far. Even before we were around, uh, I'm going water tonight, but it is a fancier water. It is grapefruit. I, I can't drink alcohol right now. I'm on some painkillers uh, for my um, Achilles, so I'm not allowed to at the moment. Joey, painkillers and alcohol sound like a fantastic combination. <laughs> uh, that is not medical advice from Level Up Live or OTN Media. We cannot be held liable for any bad decisions you make on your own part. All right, Joey, um, I will be carrying the show. Uh, this was given to me when I was up at my sister and brother-in-law's place uh, in the iffy state of Maryland. Uh, they highly recommended it. It is uh, 
Because I think they were the ones that gave it to me, or, or was it Matt and Nikki? I can't remember. Someone gave this to me, so I'm going to try it out live here on stream. It is a Craft House Orange Crush. Oh, um, that sounds much better than what you had last week. Vodka with natural flavors and cert- certified colors. It literally says certified color. I only drink my beverages with uncertified colors is, is what it comes down to when we put chemicals into our own bodies. Hold on a second. Let's try. What's the company again? Pfeiffer? Pfeiffer's? F-I-F-E-R-S. That's actually very dangerous. That, it's like a creamsicle with alcohol. Um, and food yeah. coloring. And food coloring. <laughs> certified uh, food coloring. Certified food coloring. It actually looks like, it seriously looks like a mimosa inside the can. It, it, is that kind of like orange? But anyhow. Nation, you're not here for our hot alcohol takes or Joey's fancy sparkling water. Uh, grapefruit flavored is what you said? Yeah, grapefruit. Yeah. Yeah, he won't drink alcohol, but grapefruit with painkillers, apparently. This okay, is grapefruit is okay so- with painkillers. The other ones have all these labels in the bottle, like, don't drink with alcohol. If you're going to have an alcoholic beverage, see a doctor first before taking these. Da, 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 da. Well, did so you like, do your due diligence? Did you do your, your due no, diligence No, John, your I didn't. I did not. Wow. But maybe for next show. I think we'll be back with alcohol next week. Just not this week. Nation, I apologize on behalf of my co-host here. Um, Just I, pretend it's an Aslan beer, guys. I mean, we're close it, enough, right? No. See, you're not even having it, and you still name drop them. You are still not sponsored by them. It is a travesty, not only to you, not only to OTN, but to our viewers and listeners out there as well. I am tired of you name dropping it without us getting funds. Joey, make it happen. Uh, yes, hashtag sellout. That is 100% correct. If there's two things Joey sells out at, it's Xbox, Microsoft, and Aslan Beer. Uh, Joey, we'll leave it there. I'll toss it over to you for your witty comeback before we dive into it. But why not? You know, it, it's presented by Gamer Bites. We're going to take a huge bite out of this entire thing. Bite sized gaming and esports news delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today for the Gamer Bites weekly newsletter. Joey, let's get into gaming and esports news. Let's go. Absolutely, guys. Let's kick it off with PlayStation. So we talked about this a while ago. PlayStation Plus, their big subscription service. It's supposed to be the competitor to Game Pass, per se. Uh, It's running a little bit of a different model, but it looks like a very strong one all the same. Diving into it, we now have an idea of what some of the titles are going to look like. So going through the perks, monthly games, you're still getting monthly games. Again, similar to what Xbox players have with Xbox Live Gold. With that being said, I think PlayStation's titles typically are a little bit on the higher end. Uh, It is fewer titles, but typically a little bit more quality on that front. Uh, Then we have the PS4 and PS5 game catalog. This is for anyone with the extra or premium tiers, so pretty much everything that allows online gaming, but then you're paying a little bit extra for some games. Uh, John, we got some good stuff in here. Bloodborne on the menu, Days Gone, Demon's Souls, God of War is in here. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Ghost of Tsushima, the list goes on and on. Uh, It's somewhere around, I think, 30 to 40 different games from first-party and third-party studios there. Uh, I think this is probably the best part of the service. Yeah. um, For Sony playing catch-up, it's not exactly too shabby. Um, They do offer several different tiers for the gamer at heart, trying to figure out what in the world they want to do. Um, I, I don't. I feel like this is not the final form. I, I feel like this is going to be something that continues to evolve with Sony, and it it wouldn't surprise me if they even knocked it down, like from three tiers down to two, um, or maybe even down to one. Just go of like a full live service version of of Xbox Game Pass and just open the entire gambit up, because at the end of the day, that's what's best for the gamers out there. They pay one flat rate, they get everything. 
Uh, games can come and go as much as you want. It is what it is, but they get access to all these different games. They'll play games that they may not be able to justify spending 60 or $70 on. I just, I just think it's a great uh, idea, and I like that Sony's finally opened up to it. I'm not a huge fan of the three tiers, but I do think there are some good deals in this, uh, in, in this uh, grouping. So let's break down the rest of those tiers. If you're paying for the premium edition, you also get the classic games catalog. This includes its PlayStation games, PlayStation 2 games, PSP games, all of that mixed up. Uh, mainly from first party, there is a couple third party games mixed in there. Uh, looks like some Worms action with Worms Armageddon. Tekken 2 is in there. Diving down into the remasters, you have some Bioshock stuff. Uh, some Jack stuff from first party. So there's a number of other games in there, somewhere around 30 plus in classic. Then down to the original PS3 games. Unfortunately, not backwards compatibility, backwards compatible natively as of yet. It is just via cloud streaming, but another 25 plus games in there for the premium users. So if you're playing for premium, the big difference is that you guys get access to kind of vaulted games. Those classic games, PS2 experiences, PS3 experiences, a lot of those not available to the other tiers, at least from what we're seeing so far. And then last but not least, there's time-limited game trials. So if there's a game that you really want to purchase and you just aren't sure quite about it, maybe try the game trial. I think these are going to run about two hours. It's not listed in this blog, but it sounds like that's going to be the plan. You can try it out, check it out. Does it feel good? Does it look good? Is it something you actually want to spend money on? Then you'll be able to go from there. Now, here, here's my question for you, Joey. Do you really think you can get a good grasp on a game with a two-hour demo? And the reason I ask that is because the thing that comes to my mind is uh, EA. Uh, we, we trash EA quite a bit uh, when they deserve it, which is like 83% of the time. Maybe a little bit higher. It's an arbitrary number. 83. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're just reaching to the hat. We're pulling a number out. 83 is what we came up with. Um, purely scientific. Um, but they offer 10-hour trials of... Uh, their games for Xbox Game Pass members with their partnership, obviously, through Microsoft and Xbox. And granted, I understand that, you know, it, it, it's 10 hours for titles like Madden for FIFA and things like that. But it gives you 10 hours to really feel and, you know, possibly make so much progress in the game that either a you wait, you wait for it to come out on Game Pass in full or you purchase it so you can get early access and you get that head start. And you can keep that head start kind of thing. Um to me, I think that the 10-hour model gives you enough time to give you a feel of the game and lock you in long-term. For two hours, I feel like you barely maybe get past the, the intro in some of these games uh, when they come out with all, the character, with all the customization that goes into these games and creating your avatar based upon what game it is. But to me, two hours feels like it's not enough. I would argue that 10 hours is probably too much, though, with a lot of these games only running seven to eight hours in full game time. Uh, unless you're an achievement hunter, obviously you need a little bit more time for that stuff. But in the end, I feel like 10 is probably a little too far. Two might be a little short. So yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Maybe that middle ground is somewhere around five hours or so. With that being said, Sony wants your money, uh, whether it's paying for it via subscription service, whether it's buying the game outright, they're going to find a way to get that. Uh, they're hoping the two hour trial is able to get that done. You know, this is something that I think uh, the earlier generations of gaming consoles did incredibly well is you could get uh, like free demo discs, like when you like you went to Walmart or you went to Best Buy or wherever you went to go shopping for your video games. Well, even Blockbuster, was, like that yeah. allowed that too. And it's like you can get these these demo discs of like the first level of the game, and it was completely replayable for that first level, and you kind of get that feel. But like it literally stopped. There was nothing else on that disc other than that one, or maybe you you got one of those discs where it had like three different games on it uh, as 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 gaming continued to grow up. 
uh, through the 90s into the 2000s, you had all these opportunities to try different games on a physical disc that you know had that replayability. Now with it being online, there's there's time gates to it where it's a hard cutoff at two or at ten. You know, that's where it kind of gets a little interesting to see, like, okay, do I try to speedrun and see how much of the game they actually did release? Uh, or do I want to play this game and see if I actually will enjoy this game when it initially comes out full launch? I, don't know, I, I think it's an interesting change in how demos are handled going forward in, in the gaming world. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how this one's received both on length of time as well as the developers now being told that they have to create these demos. I feel like there could be some pushback on that front as well. Uh, in the end, though, John, I think one of the other cool things with this service is the fact that they're combining PS Now and PS Plus uh, as far as numbers go. Now you look at something where, at least on the Xbox side, there's Xbox Live Gold. That's where your online players, that's where everyone who's playing anything that's not free to play is buying their online access. For PlayStation, that was PlayStation Plus, And then PS Now was kind of the Game Pass per se. Combining them, these numbers are going to skyrocket when it launches in June. Because now you have all those online users, which is probably somewhere around 100,000, I'd imagine. Or 100, 100 million? I think it's 100 million for PlayStation. Because uh, Xbox is right around 90 to 100 million as well. So you have a ton of people buying online access. And now you can come out and say, hey, your fellow competitor, Game Pass, only has 30 million people or whatever subscribed. Versus you having 100 million at launch. It's going to look really good. Stockholders are going to love it. They're not going to realize the change, the people that don't follow it closely enough. But it is a very, very big corporate and really nice marketing move from PlayStation 2. I'm stoked for Ape Escape. That was a fun game. Ape Escape. What a legendary challenge. Uh, We do have apes running around in Call of Duty, though, for those who do enjoy their Warzone. Uh, It's still a questionable change for John and I, but yes, Ape Ape Escape will be included in PlayStation Plus. And at least for a little bit more time, Godzilla and King Kong over in Warzone as well terrible next up just to mention it because i'm a huge fan of accessibility in gaming we've seen some really cool stuff come over the years uh the last of us had some amazing settings psychonauts was another game with a lot of praise as far as accessibility forza horizon another one uh and we've seen stuff like the xbox accessibility controller come out too now sony santa monica is making some big changes in god of war ragnarok john they've included 60 plus accessibility options and again it seems like we're pushing the industry forward in a more accessible direction yeah, and this is always great because at the end of the day, um, not from a real business perspective, obviously there is a reason, a monetary reason why you'd want to make a game more accessible because you you broaden your reach. But at the end of the day, in, in, in present day society where there is a demand to make things fully accessible for everyone, regardless of uh, disability, regardless of, uh, of any kind of handicap, uh, anything like the whole idea is to make gaming truly for everyone and it's it's moments like this where a major game like a god of war gets more uh accessibility features whether it's uh you know a colorblind mode whether it's uh speech to text or text to speech uh you know whether it's something as simple as that something as as basic that's been around for a while or something like what you're seeing on the screen now where it's it's literally more red and blue it's a little bit more vibrant it's a little bit more straightforward you know we talked about this a lot when uh, microsoft came out with the uh, uh, adaptive controller that was a massive massive win for gaming accessibility Uh, so it's always great to see developers take that extra step and push those boundaries to make these games even more accessible to everyone yeah so lots of stuff in here just to go through a couple you have auto sprint is available there's a persistent dot where you can always have a reticle on Uh, there's some aim style changes as far as 
uh, toggling or holding for aim stancing, same with blocking. You have a lot of subtitle and caption stuff, pretty much everything from size of the text to the colors of the text, the background opacity of the text. Uh, you can have everything spoken out as well. The list goes on and on. I think the biggest takeaway is the fact that, again, this is becoming more of a more of a trend, really, in first-party games uh, from both PlayStation and Xbox, at least. And I feel like more and more developers will continue to go this direction. Anything else you want to say on this? You mentioned the high contrast mode. That was that blue and red as well. Uh, just lots of really cool stuff. And I'm loving that this is going to be such an accessible game when it eventually launches, whether that be late 2022 or early 2023. It's a great start. Shout out to all the developers doing it. Shout out to Microsoft and Sony for encouraging it. And uh, this is just the start. Keep it going. Do not let up now. Make sure these games are available to everyone so they can enjoy these amazing pieces of art. Absolutely. Next on the agenda, Microsoft President Brad Smith has commented on an ongoing review of the Activision Blizzard acquisition per an interview with Belgian business publication. I do not know how to pronounce this. I'm going to go Lecho. Lecho. Uh, it's an L apostrophe echo. So how do you guys pronounce that over in Belgium? That's the publication. Uh, so these quotes coming out, what do you think? Lego? Le echo. Le echo. Le echo. Le echo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really don't know. And my French is not that good. Uh, with that being said, the quotes are pretty spicy. It's moving fast, at least fast enough for an acquisition of this size. That part seems to get left off on all these things. The acquisition of this size is a big key there. Uh, this is huge, guys. I mean, it's $68 billion or something like that, if I remember correctly. Big, big number. Bethesda, I think that acquisition took about, what did you say, nine months? September to March-ish? Yeah, it's about nine months, yeah. Nine months. So that one was about nine months. This one is most likely going to take more. Uh, I'm thinking it's going to end around the 12 to 13-month mark, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, the other quote that came out of this, one of our attorneys summed it up nicely by saying, we're coming to the end of the beginning, and now we're entering the beginning of the middle. So it seems like things are progressing well. They continue to answer questions. Uh, they mentioned different bodies in London, in Brussels, obviously in Washington, D.C. for the U.S., where they're getting questions from. They're sending in supporting documents. They're answering everything that's needed, uh, both on the Microsoft and the Activision side. So, so far, things are moving cleanly. As we know, though, John, the FTC is not easy to get past with big deals like this. And now they have updated rulings that they have a little bit more power to review these things, especially big deals like this one. Uh, so I'm still thinking it's going to pass. I'm somewhere around, I would say, 70-30 in terms of it passing. But anything could really happen as this continues on. Yeah, I mean, the government created new rules and regulations because of this merger being announced so they can get a little bit more access to it. I mean, imagine if the U.S. government was able to be that efficient on everything they do uh that would be a real thing we might actually have a functioning government but we'll talk about that at another time uh but yeah I, i'm with you sir i do think 70 30 is is currently a a good uh spread if you will of where this is going to go uh success wise or failure uh i i feel fairly confident on it. i think overall it's going to be a good deal for both microsoft and blizzard activision so fingers crossed let's see if uh it goes through yeah, I don't think you pay this much money for an acquisition and give, I think they have to pay $3 billion over to Blizzard if it doesn't yes. go through. So Microsoft has good attorneys. I think this probably, at least they're feeling confident at the very least, I think we can say. So we'll keep an eye on that one. But for now, let's roll into our next topic, and that is Ubisoft's Roller Champions. Those that want some roller derby action, this is a new free-to-play PvP team title set to launch on PC plus Xbox and PlayStation consoles. That is Xbox One, PS4, Xbox Series consoles, and PS5 next week on May 25th. Uh, John, we can roll a trailer for this one. 
It does look fun. It reminds me a lot of, and I just forgot the name of it, the dodgeball game that EA released a little while ago. Uh, it has very much that same feel. This one obviously being rollers versus dodgeball, but it's that same kind of PvP team environment. You have some goofy little power-ups mixed in. Uh, in the end, I think this will be a fun game. I don't see it being a giant hit, but I think like the dodgeball game, it'll have a couple good weeks of glory. Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, Joey, did you know that we have a professional roller derby team here in D.C.? No, I did not. I actually yeah. didn't know roller derby was still around. Yeah, um, they play at the D.C. Armory. I don't even remember the name of the team, but yeah, they have a team there that actually plays. I was also surprised when I found out. Um, but yeah, apparently like there's like a pretty big following still, but they're just quiet. I guess they just don't use social media is what it comes down to. Um, but yeah, this, this is a game I'll probably end up checking out. It kind of looks a little neat. I have no clue how you play this game. Um, but, you know, why not? I mean, especially if it's on Game Pass, who knows? You know, I'll, I'll definitely probably check it out then and give it a shot, Joey. You want to you you, you 1v1 me, bro? Uh, I don't know if 1v1 is an option, but yeah, i definitely take you on or be on your team <laughs> one way or another. And it is free to play, John, so Game Pass or not, yeah. you will have the chance to pick it up for free. Uh, it looks fun. The graphics look good. Movement looks pretty solid. It looks like a very fast-paced version of Lucio Ball. Obviously not soccer, but you have some different hoops mixed in. It just has that similar kind of vibe to it to me a little bit, plus a lot more speed as well. Okay, guys, so that one again drops May 25th if you want to check it out. It is free to play, PC, Xbox, and PlayStation consoles. Next up, we have a lot of new games to talk about, and the first three come from the 505 showcase that happened this past week. Miasma Chronicles from the Bearded Ladies. Uh, that development studio name, John, I just want to get your thoughts on that to kick things off. <laughs> uh, it's fantastic. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I, I, think the, I think the studio name is fantastic. It's different. It's unique. And that's what you come to expect in the world of gaming is you want something that's unique and something that's, uh, I mean, why not? I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Bearded ladies are awesome. It is what it is. You know, it's just, it's a great name. I think it's fantastic. I always think of the one, I think it was Spaceballs where the bearded lady was in there trying to get into the last escape pod. <laughs> um, I know, funny reference, right? Uh, but yeah, yes. it's a great development name. Definitely interesting. Uh, one to keep an eye out. So Miasma Chronicles talking about their game here. It's a tactical RPG post-apocalyptic, one of John's favorite time periods. It's a tale starring two brothers, one of which is a robot, the other is a human. Not too much is known. They did show a little bit of footage, um, both CGI and gameplay, and this one's set to come to PC in 2023. Now, Joey, full disclosure, when I was going over the show notes for today, I definitely read this incorrectly. Oh, no. I saw it as Mimosa Chronicles. Oh. And I'm like, that's a game I can get behind. That needs to be an IRL simulation, though. Um, and, uh, a VR yeah. tile, right? <laughs> yeah, and let, let's go ahead and uh, chronicle some mimosas. That would be fun. Customize them a little bit. You kind of like play a bartender in a VR setup. I, I think you're, you got something going there. Maybe the bearded ladies will pick that up for their next title. Uh, moving on to the next in 505 Showcase, though, that is Stray Blade from Point Blank Games. This one is going to be an action RPG with an anime look to it, filled with exaggerated attack animations, as typical with anime, and plenty of beasts and monsters to satiate your thirst for combat. This one coming to PC as well, 2023. I, so my biggest thing with these is there's so many different anime RPG type of fighting games out there. I didn't really see too much of this one in particular, but I, I think there has to be something that's going to stick it apart. Obviously, the art style is very common, so it's not going to be the thing that does it. Is it going to have really fluid combat? Uh, we see a lot of that in JRPGs already. What's going to be the thing that makes this stand out from, say, any of these other action RPGs with anime-style graphics? 
that is always the biggest question mark for me with games like this. Yeah, and it's a great question because I think you hit the nail right on the head. How do you separate yourself from the already saturated pack? Uh, and it's very difficult to do uh, because if you change the artistic style, then you kind of lose that overall feel that makes people want to play that game also. Uh, if you change the, the fighting style, uh, then you lose that reputation that that genre is known for, that, that, that fluid fight style that you were touching on. So it, it, it does take quite a bit to stand out in this, in this area. There's a lot of legendary titles in this genre as well uh, that a lot of people will compare your game to. So it, it's tough. It's tough, and I'm, I'm very curious to see uh, if they're able to kind of break away from that pack and kind of make a name for themselves. And this next one, John, you can go ahead and run the trailer. It's just a very short trailer, about 44 seconds. We'll run it in the background here. The third and final game announced is arguably the most intriguing to many viewers, Among the Trolls. It is a game where you try to survive an onslaught of simultaneously generated T-Spans clones. Kidding, kidding. Uh, Among the Trolls is a first-person survival game, though. It is set in a Finnish forest, and the player is alone in an isolated cabin, similar to a lot of these horror movies. And this one in particular, though, you have a world changing around you, and it includes creatures from Norse mythology. Uh, it definitely looks like an interesting game. Survival seems to be a very popular genre with new games as of late. This is another one adding its name to the list. I'm good. Don't like being in the forest by myself to begin with in real life. Not going to do it in a simulated game either. Um, <laughs> and, and I don't want to be among trolls. I don't want to have to pay the, uh, the, the, the troll toll. Uh, I want nothing to do with it. I'm good. Um, Not crossing any bridges? Nope. No bridges. Don't, don't want to have to solve any riddles or trivia or whatever or, or five gold coins or whatever it costs. Not going to happen. <laughs> Uh, it is definitely an intriguing looking one. I think any game with mythology has a lot of uh, things to play around with in a sense. Like we've seen some really good mythology games come out as of late. Uh, some that are on the creepier, more deep perspective, like uh, I guess Senua's Saga, Hellblade with North Norse mythology over there. Uh, you have some more lighter ones like, um, gosh, what was that game renamed? The It was Among Gods and whatever. The Immortals game, Immortals Phoenix Rising is what it eventually came out as named. Uh, over from Ubisoft, that's another one playing off Greek mythology. So there's a lot of different ones out there, a lot of fun ones. This one taking that creepier, more horror-based, thriller type of really run at it in a forest. Uh, with that being said, I think it'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on as that survival genre continues to pump out more and more games. Next up, continuing with new game announcements. This is one we probably have the least information on, but it is coming from Techland, the developer of games like Dying Light. Uh, Techland is developing a new AAA open world fantasy action RPG game. Again, known for that style of, I mean, I would call it like parkour in a sense with a lot of zombies baked in. Uh, as John would gladly see here that they are moving away from zombies, moving to open world fantasy. I think that does open a lot more doors from what they've previously done. Uh, with that being said, I wonder if we're going to get that same parkour-esque perspective coming into this one as well. As long as we don't get more damn zombies, I'll be fine with it. Yeah, such a big fan of zombies. Um, but oh, we do huge. have a little bit of art there. You can show that on stream here. It kind of looks cool and kind of has like a Aztec Mayan look to it. Some nice misty mountains in the background, some clouds, uh, some overgrown vines. I love the idea of fantasy settings like this. So at least from the limited concept art we see, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, art-wise, I think it looks great. We'll see how it translates in-game, but I think this is a great first start. Uh, concept art is something I absolutely love looking at. I think it's absolutely fascinating and just... Love to see how that goes from concept art to full-scale 3D models in-game. Uh, super excited to see that. But, yeah, I, I think if you're a fan of uh, the art 
in video games, the overall look, the graphics, I, I think this is a sign uh, of, of good things to come. Good things to come. Next on the list of new games is going to be one from Nacon. They have announced Greedfall 2 The Dying World. Uh, this one, for those who played Greedfall 1, I was not one of those players, uh, but it was a pretty well-received game. A lot of people really enjoyed that one. I believe it might even be on Game Pass right now. It could be on PlayStation now as well. With that being said, it is getting a sequel. This one's currently scheduled to release in 2024 for PC and consoles. Uh, not too much information yet. They did give a little bit of an announcement trailer, but there isn't a ton to go along with it outside of the fact we did originally play the first one. Yeah, looks kind of cool. Taking a gander here. I did not get a chance to see this earlier today, but uh, that thing does not look cool. That thing looks like an alien and a dog like was <laughs> thing from, from the movie Aliens, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean this looks this looks kind of cool. I'm I'm really curious to learn more about this game. So if you guys want to check that out again, the original is available, I believe, on some services. If not, you can buy it probably on sale here soon on many different platforms. And this will be the sequel to that one directly, and some cool little stuff in that initial trailer coming out. Next up, an aw snap, John, your next favorite genre, moving from something that talks about zombies a couple topics ago to CCGs. Uh, it's been legendary here on the Level Up podcast. Your adventures up against the Tavern Innkeeper uh, of Hearthstone. Uh, I feel one like it day. came up on multiple episodes since then. It, but oh, you're gonna go at it again potentially. No, <laughs> not gonna happen. It was it. It literally took me like a couple tries to get past it. You've never let me live it down. It is what it is. But yes, go on. Yes, yeah, so I don't think you'll have an innkeeper in this one, but who knows? I mean, there could be someone, uh, maybe Nick Fury, that gets in your way of entering this. This is Marvel Snap, a new CCG game coming from Ben Brode's Second Dinner. Ben Brode, or Brody, I don't remember how his last name is pronounced, used to be the director of Hearthstone for many years. Him and a lot of ex-Hearthstone developers did make their way over to this new indie studio Second Dinner. They've already got themselves a Marvel partnership, John. Uh, it is mainly a mobile game. I believe it will eventually be... Available on other platforms, maybe consoles, maybe PC. With that being said, at least for now, it is mobile first. It's using the Marvel IP, and it looks pretty cool and unique. Yeah, it, it, so as much as I'm a massive fan of these kinds of games, uh, the artwork, I, I love the uh, comic book feel to it. It definitely has that old-school comic book-esque draw, uh, or graphics towards the cards. Uh, even though I'm not a huge fan of, of Hearthstone, or you know, I used to play Magic back in the day, uh, but one thing that I do enjoy is just how like unique these cards can actually come out to be, whether it, they are replicating a comic book cover or just the artistic style. I think it's really cool. Uh, you have a lot of options with Marvel. They've been around forever. So you have a lot of different uh, versions of Spider-Man, of Thor, uh, of Iron Man and everything else that you can use to kind of like make these cards different and unique and, and re-release them with different abilities and everything. So I think there's a, a, a really big upside to this game for Marvel fans also. Um, but again, if I understand it's a very popular genre, but if, if you're not into card games, I don't feel like this is one that's going to pull you in even if you are a Marvel fan. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think this thing is going to make a boatload of money, if I'm being completely honest. I think CCG games just in general pull in crazy amounts of money, and Ben Brode was one of the ones who did it best over on Hearthstone. With that being said, the thing that draws me in is not as much the let-me-pay aspect, because this supposedly should be free-to-play friendly from the sound of things. And then again, it feels like every mobile game technically is, uh, at least when they advertise it. I think the art style is really cool. There's a lot of different artists involved here. 
a lot of different illustrations of every single character. So someone like a Colossus, for example, may have multiple art styles as well and different card covers. Uh, on top of that, it's supposed to be fast. When I'm looking at mobile games, so many of them, at least in the CCG genre, are so long. Like Legends of Runeterra or Hearthstone, they all take a very long time to play. I want something quick. Uh, whatever I'm doing, I just might need a quick transition of being able to play something and then going back to whatever I'm doing. And this supposedly should answer that problem. Uh, I think they've mentioned that it's going to be like three to five minutes per game. So pretty quick games overall, as opposed to, I would say, 10 to 15 minutes for a lot of Hearthstone games. And the fact that it's the Marvel IP alone could probably be the big selling point. So we'll keep an eye on that one again. Marvel Snap, new CCG game coming from Second Dinner from a lot of free previous and former developers on the Hearthstone team. Next up is some rumor mill talk, and we're going to kick things off with Silent Hill. Uh, John, I'm going to go ahead and make a confession at the start of the show here, uh, or at the start of the topic, rather. I have never played a Silent Hill game. Have you? Uh, I have. Oh. Because <laughs> I am not a filthy casual, sir. John is not a filthy casual. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the original few Silent Hill games? Yeah, let me go back to my childhood and remember every single one of them. Yeah, no, they're cool. Um they they have that that horror thriller aspect to it. Like I, I back when I used to play them, they were fine. Um, I'm I think Silent Hill still has a major major fan base. So I, I think the fact uh, that we're going to get more Silent Hill, possibly if the rumors are true, um, I think that's that's a good thing. I think a lot of Silent Hill fans would be very happy with it. So John, you might not get one. You might not get two. You might not even get three. It could be four Silent Hill games currently in development, according to rumors. Uh, these coming uh, really all over the place. Jeff Grubb has mentioned that he's heard of four. Uh, this article, I believe, is by Andy Robinson. Yeah, VGC. So he has heard of a number of them as well. I can confirm I've heard of the Bloober one. I've known about that one for a little while now. Uh, that one, I believe, is going to be a remake slash remaster. Not quite sure on the details. Uh, I believe it is going to be based on Silent Hill 2 as well. So in the end, that's the only one I can confirm. That's the only one OTN really can confirm. But it does sound like there's quite a bit of evidence coming to these other ones. Uh, the other thing that a lot of people have kind of latched onto, and there's not enough proof as of yet from what we've seen, is some people think Kojima is involved in the project. It could be Kojima Productions being behind one of these four projects. It could be just Kojima acting almost as like a uh, someone just to run ideas past, someone to give his feedback on uh, in some sort of consulting role. We really don't know at this point, but he has been involved in the past in Silent Hill games. There's some really cool stuff. We've heard rumors uh, about mobile phones being involved. So this could be a mobile game that's a standalone as one of these four projects. Uh, this could be some kind of ARG thing with the game. Like maybe you have to connect your phone number and then at certain points in the game, maybe your phone will ring and there's like voice recordings. Super creepy. creepy. Uh, yeah, it's not really down my alley. I'm not a big horror game fan, but I think it would be fun to watch someone like a panicking Pat in OTN's community play this game on stream uh, and freak out as his phone rings. But we'll have to keep an eye on that. With that being said, John, you've played the games. I'm not super excited for these, but it seems like a lot of people are. So for them, I'm more excited than for the games themselves. So, so just to play off your idea of integrating the phone in there also, um, Joey, if someone hacks your account and you're playing, and your phone rings at like 3.17 a.m. in the morning, and you're groggy, you just pick up the phone, and all of a sudden you just hear, Court Sidekick. <laughs> Click. That'd terrify you, right? Yeah, not at all. That <laughs> better not happen anywhere. No, That's thank you, Siri. Anything else you want to say about Silent Hill, good sir? No, nope, we'll wait to see if these rumors are true. 
We'll keep an eye on those rumors, and for now, we're going to roll over to our next set of rumors, and that is about Warzone 2 and Modern Warfare 2's DMZ mode. Uh, a lot of different stuff came out. There's originally a video posted by Call of Duty content creator Nero Cinema. He seemingly came out and mentioned some things that he's heard, uh, mainly about Call of Duty Warzone 2 and what exactly it's going to look like. Uh, as far as Modern Warfare 2 goes, there were also some details about some returning popular maps, uh, High Rise, Quarry, a few of these from Modern Warfare 2. Terminal, Afghan, a few other ones mentioned. And then on top of that, going into some of the Warzone changes, there's rumored to be these strongholds kind of mixed in. For those that have played Sea of Thieves, think of forts. Uh, you're kind of looting these different areas as you're working your way through this battle royale aspect. And then you come upon a stronghold. There's going to be some PvE-based resistance going on there. You take down the PvE enemies and then you can kind of claim this stronghold for higher tier loot, kind of guaranteed based on taking these down. I like the idea of it. I think it could be interesting. Supposedly, they're looking at adding somewhere between 15 to 25 of these in, depending on the map version, and these will be accessible again to all players. It just kind of depends where you land. I don't know if they rotate around. I would assume they're in fixed situations to kind of force those entry points and kind of make for that feisty combat knowing where it is on the map. With that being said, maybe there are some that vary and they're kind of like moving caravans per se. We don't really know too, too much about the exact setting of these as of yet. And then the DMZ stuff is also very intriguing. This is going to be the first ever footage and images of a new DMZ map supposedly being leaked. Uh, they talk about icons and different things going on as far as objectives within these maps. Uh, John, I know you've mentioned the DMZ before and just your knowledge from previously living in South Korea. Uh, this is something that kind of intrigues me and I'm curious how they develop it in this new game. So this is the actual DMZ from South Korea, correct? That's the way I'm understanding well, okay. it, but I'm not 100% sure. So, one, I hate to break it to everyone. The DMZ is not that interesting. It's it's literally uh, two fences with barbed wiring that spans the entire peninsula. Yes, there are landmines that are still there. Uh, and there's, like, one area that is open and built up with buildings where the North and South Koreans come to meet when uh, U.S. representatives go over there also. Um, yes, there are U.S. and uh you know, Korean bases on the South Korean side there, just like maybe a mile or two away from the actual line of demarcation. Um, but other than that, I, it's really, it's, it's a cool place to visit. Let's just put it that way. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they incorporate that into a video game. Um, it should be interesting. I'm, I'm actually kind of curious. There's, there's not a lot of video games that feature the Korean peninsula as like, the map or or the zone i guess there are some korean war games out there or some things that like will feature it from time to time but really when it comes down to like going to the dmz and having like you know a, a map there i, I think that's kind of interesting and it really is an area that hasn't been focused on normally it's the you know the russians are the bad guys or or oh the soviet union has come back up and they're the bad guys uh, for a while, it was uh, Cuba was the bad guys, like whatever the political flavor in the world is currently right now. Those are the bad guys. The Germans are the bad guys. Uh, so this is kind of interesting. I, I mean, as someone who grew up there, I think it's going to be really, really cool uh, if it is the, the DMZ from the Korean Peninsula. And I will actually be monitoring it pretty clo uh, closely then. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that. Again, not 100% sure of the location there, but that one definitely is intriguing if it does end up being there. But regardless of where it is, it is a new mode, and for players, that's something exciting to look forward to. 
Next up is Fall Guys, John. This one was a huge phenomenon at one point. It seems like it has fallen off, but it's looking for a resurgence when it drops in June on Nintendo Switch, Xbox, and the Epic Game Store, continuing to expand beyond just PlayStation and Steam. Uh, lots of exciting stuff here to look forward to on June 1st. On top of it launching on those new platforms, it is launching free to play. Something I think a lot more games that are looking to be that seasonal format with battle passes should really look into. League of Legends has done it extremely well. Fortnite has done it well. Apex Legends has done it well. A number of great models out there to really kind of copy off of, and it looks like Fall Guys is going to do just that. On top of that, they're saying, hey, we realize we've been on limited platforms. We're coming to these new spaces. How can we welcome people but also respect the older people that have been around? To welcome new people, they're starting back at Season 1. They're saying, no, we're not going to continue where we're going. We're resetting. We're taking that clock back to zero, and then eventually one in June. We're going to bring all new stuff and kind of set everyone off on the same ranking scale. Once again, a full reset coming in there. But for those who have been around since the beginning, for those loyal bean followers that have fallen off plenty of cliffs and held maybe a crown or two, there's going to be the legacy pack coming in for you guys. Uh, this John has a nameplate, a nickname, a regal costume, a veggie dog costume, a feisty dwarf costume, and season one's battle pass will be included for those veteran members as well. Hooray. <laughs> I mean, John, as you can me, tell, is definitely picking Fall Guys back up. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely reminds me of when Rocket League went to Epic Game, uh, 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 pardon me, Epic Games. Um, still going to be supported on Steam. Obviously, you're not going to be able to purchase a new version of the game or download the version of the game once this goes over to Epic also. Um, so if you already have a copy, it's still going to be supported and everything like that, just like you saw with Rocket League. Uh, but eventually, they'll find a way to integrate you over to the Epic Game Store, just like they did with Rocket League. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's kind of cool. Um, obviously, you have to reward the people that purchased your game when you make a game free to play. Um, as someone who played Rocket League and had that go free to play, I don't know if I would say what they gave us was enough to justify uh, the the gift of going free to play for those who bought the game and spend all the time and effort in the game uh, when it was uh, monetized. Um, but you're always going to have that. That there is no real winner um, w when you do that, uh, other than the new gamers that are coming to the game, and obviously your numbers are going to skyrocket, and then maybe people might you know spend a little bit more on microtransactions. But those players that were already there from day one that purchased the game, uh, there's there's really no win-win in that scenario. Yeah, I feel like at this point, like if you're kind of reviving your game in a sense, you're kind of relying on those people who've stuck around anyway to just continue to stick around. This is a nice little nod to them. You get some nice costumes, uh, exclusive costumes, I guess, as well. With that being said, it does open the door for those new players. It makes it more welcoming. It's a lot easier to enter a new game when it's Season 1 versus Season 10 or whatever Fall Guys was at at this point. So I think in that sense, this should be the best all-around package. Uh, again, not the biggest nod, but still a nod altogether. Next up, just a quick update, Battlefield 2042. Unfortunately, not doing too well. It's had a rocky launch since November 2021, and it is now dropping its player count in its largest playlist from 128 to 64 due to declining player numbers. Uh, this was supposed to be that large-scale game, John. 128 players hitting the same map, lots of action, vehicles, spawning points based on where you're moving and how much map you control as a team. And unfortunately, it's just the maps are still there. They're still big. There's a lot of vehicles still available, but the players just not quite there to fill the lobbies as easily. So at least for now, this again, this could change later on if the player count does eventually rise back up. Uh, we've seen some of that with resurgences to games like Apex Legends in the past. 
Battlefield has hit a much lower low than Apex ever did, though, so we'll have to see, at least for now, 128-player playlist down to 64. Next up, and we'll run this one as we just briefly mentioned it, Microsoft Flight Sim has released its new update. This is one cool thing we see in these games, John. I know you've praised it before, and I absolutely love it as well, especially when you take me on some virtual flights. They continue to update region to region and really look at the big landmarks, whether they be natural or whether they be man-made and update them, make them look nice and clean, make them look as accurate as possible uh, based on everything going on in this game's amazing graphics that it does bring to the table. Its latest update hits Italy and Malta. Yeah, to go back there in the trailer there real quick, I thought I saw something. Uh, yeah, the graphics for this game are already freaking nuts. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, uh, even dating back to the early 2000s version, had fantastic graphics for its time as well. Uh, that's something that Microsoft has always done a great job with, with this uh, game title. And these updates just continue to expand upon the, uh, the technology we have in present day, utilizing everything and making sure that you get the best version, uh, not just of the aircraft you're flying, but the scenery around it, because that, that is pretty much the big selling point is you can travel the world. You can fly around these areas. That, I'm going to be honest with you. If you fly that low across the terminal of an airport, <laughs> you will probably be intercepted by a fighter jet. You can't do that in real life. But you can do it in flight sim. That's the cool thing. Like, you can't do this. You cannot fly past all these historical places this low. Joey, if that airplane flew over the Vatican, you know, you know darn well those Swiss guards would be pulling out those machine guns they have hidden in their back pocket. And oh, is that how it goes? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they have to hide it somewhere, right? But yeah, I mean, this is the cool thing is you can experience different parts of the world in a very unique way through Flight Simulator, and it's just so cool. And and these graphics make it even more realistic. I, I absolutely love it. The Allianz Stadium, you can go see where Juventus barely, you know, I think they actually missed out on the Champions League. So you can go see a, a normal uh, Italian Series A team uh, that's fallen from grace because everyone got uh, transferred away because Juventus is garbage. But, you know, it's just one of those things. You know, it's, it's, it's really, really cool. The graphics look great. I love the update. Yeah, really cool. I'm glad they keep doing this. And one of the other cool things, if you guys haven't dove into Flight Sim, it is on Game Pass. But there's real-world weather as well. So when there's these big hurricanes happening or big tornadoes in area, the game will actually project them in-game. So a lot of people will go and, like, visit these areas to see how crazy these hurricanes currently look and different things like that. Really cool. Only available via cloud technology. And I'm curious to see how this continues to push the industry forward. Yeah, so in real life, you can fly above a hurricane and kind Not of see recommended, what hur- though. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you can. There are, there are jobs out there that actually let you do that. Um, that's how they actually gather, you know, the information is they, they go, they fly high above the hurricane, they drop. Uh, they're essentially like a bunch of, like, golf-sized balls into the hurricane that give back readings, and that's how we get the speed and the rotations and how, how brutal it is, essentially. Um but if that's a little too high risk for your blood, you don't want to choose that career path, well, guess what? You can do it in Flight Sim instead. Uh, you can even fly into the hurricane because guess what? If you crash in Flight Sim, you just reboot and you're fine. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, if you plan to go into the hurricane, let's keep that to Flight Sim. Let's not encourage that one as much <laughs> as going above the hurricane, John. Um, uh, with that being said, so you have your pilot's license. Would you ever go even near a hurricane in a plane? I feel like I, I'd avoid that like the plague. I, I would go above it. Absolutely. Um Depending upon how high the ceiling is uh, for for that hurricane, obviously it depends upon the, the the strength of the hurricane, the size of the hurricane. There's a lot of different factors that go into it, but 
just like any storm, like a normal thunderstorm also, flying above it, it is not an issue. It's flying, like, around it uh, or into it. That's always going to be the issue. I mean, that's the reason why when people fly on, on commercial airlines, they get ticked off if, like, their, their two-hour flight to Florida becomes, like, a three-and-a-half-hour flight. Well, that's also because you're probably flying out west first to go around a gigantic thunderstorm because not not a lot of people may know this but like a normal thunderstorm those the cloud ceiling can go up past 30 40,000 feet uh which is like where the cruising altitude is for commercial airliners so uh yeah you don't want to fly through a thunderstorm through a lightning storm or or anything like that you don't want to have to deal with the different shifts of wind so you fly around them uh, but hurricanes, obviously, you do it for a little bit more of, of, of a safety reason. You know, you send an airplane up, you go above it, you drop the instruments in, and so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah, flying above it is never the issue. It's flying around it or or in the vicinity of it. That's always the, the, the biggest issue. There you guys. Look at that. You got some gaming news. You get some esports news. And on top of that, you get some actual flight information as well. Uh, again, if you guys want to get your pilot's license, do that. But if you want to take the easy route, you can go into Flight Sim, check that out. And again, as John said, even fly through those hurricanes. <laughs> Only in Flight Sim. Only, Only in, in Flight fl- Sim. Only in Flight Sim. Yeah, let's make sure we get that disclaimer across. Next up, John, we can play this trailer. I think you can honestly play this one with sound. This is the next champion teaser for League of Legends, who we believe is going to be Belveth of the Void. you got to give me a second. It's, it's, it's a lot to load up. All right, here we go. There you go. Got that creepy, like, third or occult third eye thing going on. Again, Belveth. Uh, We believe Belveth is going to be the next champion. We believe that's who's pictured here with that third eye. On top of that, it sounds like she will be void-based, which is pretty obvious, as well as a jungler from the sound, at least based on her rumored kit so far. It's not official as of yet. Uh, John, I love when they add new champions into League of Legends, even though I've begun to lose count at this point. I'm curious to see what she brings to the table as, again, We've started to see some abilities kind of recycled because they're getting so high in the number of champions out there. I think it's somewhere around 150 at this point. So some of those abilities not quite as fresh as they once were. With that being said, this champion with kind of the hijack-esque abilities, at least from the look of things, does seem quite intriguing. Yeah, I mean, we have we have uh, champions that can steal ultimate abilities. Uh, you know, obviously we have champions that can silence abilities so you can't use them. Um from this trailer, yeah, I, I think I think hijacking uh, a, a champion is a real possibility here, uh, which would be kind of cool. I, I can't think of any of the 900,000 champions that they have in-game currently uh, that can do anything like that. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's really cool. And plus, anything Void-related, I mean, look, that, that, that just gets me interested automatically. Uh, just anything, and it's not just League of Legends. Like, when World of Warcraft came out with Void Elves, as much as people hated it, I love the story around Void Elves and just the idea of uh, Void Energy, Void Chaos, and just everything surrounding Void ideas. Uh, Yeah, you know, this piques my interest. As much as I don't want to play League of Legends, as much as I don't want to pay attention to it, 
Um, I still do. I still love the game secretly, and I don't like talking about it very much because uh, that means Joey's going to try to get me to play it, and I hey. don't want to do it. Uh, but yes, this has me interested. I want to know more about this champion. I want to know more about how the Void is going to take over Runeterra, and then I want to know how I can help the Void out. Well, John, I believe more information is coming either this week, uh, this weekend, or this week. I don't remember the exact date on this one. I think it's actually on that tweet. What does that tweet say? Is it the 20th? Oh, I just I cleared the tweet out. Already. It is the 20th. So she has arrived. Tune in for a YouTube premiere May 20th at 12 p.m. Pacific time. So that's what, that's 3 p.m. Eastern time uh, <laughs> on Friday. So you'll hear more about her very, very soon. Next up, just a couple upcoming things to make you guys aware about. And then we're going to roll into some esports news and wrap up today's show. Upcoming for those interested in the fighting game community, Multi Versus, the alpha is now available for signups. That is the game over using the WB uh, IPs, really, everything over there at WB Games. Uh, that's stuff like DC Comics, uh, a number of other things. I mean, they just have so many IPs over there. Uh, it'll definitely be one worth checking out. I know a lot of people are excited. I believe it's Shaggy Doo that will also be in there uh, among all these other characters. So Multiverses, the alphas, now available to sign up. The beta will be a little bit later, I believe, in July. Over for the PC gamers, the Epic Game Store is having their mega sale right now. Any purchase above $14.99 will go ahead and grant you guys 25% off coupons. So if you've been holding off to buy games, now would be a good time if you want to do it through the Epic Game Store. You can buy those games, get those coupons, stack them right up. I don't know if you can use multiple 25% off coupons in a single purchase. Uh, like if you could get four and then stack something up for 100% off. I doubt it works that way. With that being said, everyone loves discounts, 25% off of already being done with sales. I think there's a lot of potential there if you want to continue to grow your games library on the Epic Game Store. With that, John, let's roll into esports news. Just a little bit to cover and definitely some organization player drama to touch on today, and then we'll wrap up. Riot Games and Aim Lab, they, Riot has made a little deal here. Move some money here and there, and in turn, getting some content back. Riot is now a minority shareholder in State Space, the developer behind well-known AIM training program AIM Lab. Many of you guys probably know it from, I feel like CSGO is where it's most popular right now, but again, being picked up by Valorant as well. Uh, AIM Lab is now going to be the official training platform partner of Valorant, and we'll have Valorant assets added into the game. This is going to be a lot of interesting stuff. So not only are you getting the exact guns and maps added in with skins and everything, they're also adding in the exact physics and everything based with Riot Engineers too. So it should be the best place to practice outside of Valorant itself. Then on top of that, Riot, and this is a big one, they're working with Aim Lab to expand into MOBAs as well. So eventually, not only are you training your aim, but maybe you can train your right clicks as well for games like League of Legends, eventually coming to Aim Lab too. Yeah, then when you play a champion that has a actual skill shot, not a point and click, maybe you actually land the shot. There you go. We'll have to keep an eye on <laughs> and just watch yeah. John try to do that with his 26 Lux skins as we eventually get him back uh, out of the League of Legends zone uh, where we'll bring him back in after he tries yeah, to hide from me every single time I invite him to play. Uh, but for now, I think we'll keep an eye on Aim Lab and see what that whoa, whoa, training. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Have I hurt your feelings by hiding from you on League of Legends? I do enjoy playing some League of Legends with you. It's hard to drag you over there unless there's a new Lux skin in the store. So I just have to right. kind of play around those timings in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that or a Rakan skin, one of the two. True. And there are some nice Rakan skins in there as well. I did well. buy the newest one already. 
Oh, there you go. See, ladies and gentlemen, he messes with me every time I bring up his skin buying over there, but it is a real thing, and that's the best way to get him into a queue in League of Legends. So we'll keep an eye out on the store along with these new champions and such being dropped. I was going to say the one thing that's really going to tick Joey off is I've already played uh, Rakan like eight times with that new skin, like playing out all the different there you promos. Go. And he didn't know about it until now. Look at that. Sneaky John, we call him around these parts. Well, sir, your Zaya is going to continue to walk away since you keep abandoning her. But with that being said, let's talk HCS. There is a lot of drama going on over here. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of drama. Spartan, a star player. He was one of the top kill makers at the last major in Kansas City. I believe he ranked number two behind Lucid, if I remember correctly. He's right at the center of this drama. Uh, he's decided to bench himself on E United's Halo team, uh, mainly because, and again, I'm going to summarize some of this. In short, Ryan Noob, his teammate, wanted to replace King Nick, another one of the teammates, and decided to go straight to management of E United to push for it. As a result, Spartan later found out that this was happening behind the scenes and said, hey, I don't like the way my teammates are treating each other. I no longer want to play with Ryan. So he said, hey, management, can we move on from Ryan? I'm the star player. I should have a say as much as he does. I feel like we should move on from him. United came back and refused to trade Ryan, but they also refused to trade Spartan, at least for now. Uh, supposedly, they've been blocking all trades for him, have recently come out with a statement that they are open to trading, uh, but have yet to find a suitable offer. As a result, Sarton said, okay, fine. Uh, I won't play for another team, but I'm also not going to play for your team while Ryan is still there. And he has decided to bench himself, taking a significant pay cut. Uh, John, he's making it's something absurd at this point. Like, I, I don't even remember exactly, like 3 or 5% of what his salary was. It is insanely cut. Uh, it's honestly disrespectful. I feel like there should be some kind of... I mean, this is where players' unions come into play. There should be something like that in esports, and unfortunately not quite there as of yet. Uh, with that being said, Spartan did bench himself, so he knew these consequences going into this. Uh, Twitch viewers have stood up for him, though, supporting him. He's up to 900-something subs gained this week, so he continues to pull in the support, at least to somewhat make up for part of that income through that. Yeah, this is just such a mess because, you know, we talk about team chemistry all the time. When it comes to esports, especially in the Halo space where, uh, you know, HCS is trying to make a comeback. Obviously, there, there's a diehard fan group of the Halo series, of Halo Infinite, of the HCS. And this is the kind of drama you don't need. Not saying this drama wasn't necessary in this scenario, um, but for team chemistry, you have to be able to trust your teammates. Going behind a teammate's back, going straight to management instead of having a team meeting, seeing if there's like some kind of actual resolution, that's sneaky, and that's sneaky in the bad way. Um, it's it's essentially stabbing someone that you're supposed to trust in-game that you have this relationship with in the back because while you may think it's better for the team, your inability to have that adult conversation when you're getting paid a freaking ridiculous amount of money to play a video game is is bad you know like you should be able to have that conversation in the proper setting without disrespecting your teammates without disrespecting your organization now flip it to the other side um the fact that EU united doesn't really want to trade anybody right now the fact that they're like oh yeah yo we're open to it i don't i don't buy it one bit um and that's just my own personal opinion based upon what I've read uh through statements, through social media posts from the players and everything. That's my own personal opinion. Uh there's not going to be a winner in this. E United as an organization is going to come out with a black eye. The players involved are going to come out with a black eye. The the team 
play in general is going to come out with a black eye. They're not going to be able to perform as well because there's that trust issue now. Uh, and that's something that's going to take time to rebuild and, and, and kindle and foster back up to the point where they're competing at a high level. I mean, all around, it's just bad. If a player doesn't want to be there, take the Cloud9 approach. And again, not just saying this because I'm a Cloud9 fan. Cloud9 is not the only one that does this. There's other orgs in esports and traditional sports that do that. If a player does not want to be there anymore, there is no point holding on to him. What are you trying to prove? Oh, you signed a contract. We're going to put you down at 3% of your pay to teach you a lesson. That makes you as the organization look awful. And you're still paying out 3%. That money can be spent better elsewhere. Get rid of them. Cut them. Trade them. Do whatever you have to do. If the player doesn't want to be there anymore. They're not there for your organization. Don't make the situation worse than what it already is. But apparently, United want to take a different route, and this is the result that they're that they're having to deal with now. United with a major black eye on their face because they are completely mishandling the situation as well. Yeah, it's not pretty. And again, the three percent is just a rounded number. I'm not exactly yeah. sure what the percentage is, but it is very, very low compared to his normal salary. So with that being said, it is a big pay cut. Again, he did make that decision consciously. Uh, I think this needs to be something that changes in the industry, though. I mean, partly the way this is just approached with players going behind the back of other players talking to management, but also the cut. There needs to be some kind of player union in there. Uh, It needs to be pushed forward, but so far, just not enough stakes really for it yet. Over to our next topic, sticking with guns but switching games, sticking with drama as well. Sources have informed Dexerto that Swedish-based esports organization Ninjas in Pajamas is in dispute with former and current players regarding outstanding tag money. This one, John, coming all the way from the Rio Major back in 2020. It was scheduled to be hosted by ESL. Diving a little bit into this without mentioning player names, uh, there's a lot of suits being looked at, a lot of different disputes being looked at as class action lawsuits as well. Uh, Coming down to Section 5.4 of the player contracts, according to these claims, part of the contract reads, the team will receive 16.67% of the team's sticker money the player earns. The player will receive the remaining 83.33% of this team sticker money split with their teammates. Goes on to mention a few other things, but then it comes down to a big line at the bottom that says the player will receive 100% of the money from individual stickers, which is allocated to the players. This is coming back because players have not received the sticker money that at least the way I'm reading this, John, they should end up getting based on the way this contract reads. Joey, it's been too long. It has been too long of a time since we last talked about contracts, players failing to be paid, and organizations withholding money from players. Um, And it's sad to see that this falls in Ninja in Pajamas' lap here because they're not an amateur esports organization. They're not a startup esports organization where these stories tend to be a little bit more frequent. This is an esport organization that has been around. This is a larger esport organization in the international scene that has competed in some of the biggest leagues in the world consistently with a lot of money back in the organization also. And this is what we're arguing over is sticker revenue. Like pay the players. That's the contract, Joey. And that's exactly what you highlighted here is that if they're going to get 100% of the revenue of the stickers that were given directly to the players to give out, Pay them the money or make a payment plan. Do something. Show an effort. This is just, I I hate these stories because this feels like it's so 2015 and so like semi-pro, oh, 
I want to create an esports organization, uh, you know, and I'm going to pay my players twenty dollars a contest, and you know, if they win, they're going to get three percent of the prize money, and blah 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 blah. And oh yeah, as soon as we win, oh yeah, we're bankrupt, we're closing. I'm going to take all the money for myself. That's the kind of story I expect from like these small organizations that that want to break into the esports scene. Stuff like this just looks so incredibly bad for ninjas in pajamas. I just I, I don't I don't expect this from any high-level esport org ever. Well, it's interesting you mentioned 2015 as well. That's the right. last time this happened with the CSGO team with Ninjas in Pajamas. So again, not the first time back then. They were owed supposedly $340,000 in back prizes and unpaid sticker sales. Uh, it eventually led to the CEO of the organization stepping down, and this all came out in an interview back in 2019. So Ninjas in Pajamas back in heat uh, unfortunately, it seems like, again, we don't have everything in front of us. We can't tell you exactly who is right and who is wrong, but at least from the way this went last time, I think it's probably safe to say that there's probably something at least wrong on the side of NIP here. Esport players out there, if you do not have proper representation, if you do not have an agent, you need to get one. Avoid situations like this. Let's be honest here. Great at playing video games, probably not that great at reading contracts. Get someone who is able to read contracts and can put it into plain and simple terms for you so you can understand what you're getting yourself into. So when, an, so when or if an organization does something like this, you have someone to fall back on that can say, hey, look, this is what we agreed to. If you don't do this, then I'm going to represent my client based upon the contract that you both legally entered into. And that's the way you stop organizations from doing shady practice uh, and, and payouts like this from Ninjas in Pajamas. And it's huge. Like, even if you guys can't get a lawyer, if you can't afford a lawyer, at least have someone else look at it. A guardian, a parent, some kind of adult who's maybe had legal experience or at least has, I don't know, owned a house or something. Like, someone who has dealt with contracts before. It's worth bringing them on just to take a look at this because there's a lot of money and $340,000 last time this happened in 2015. That is not chump change. Even for these players who could be making a decent amount of money, uh, that is still a lot of money left on the table that's being disputed here in some of these deals. So again, moral of the story, get people to look over your contracts. Make sure you do your due diligence in that department before signing them. And then if they aren't followed up with, like we have in this case with NIP, make sure to follow up as well uh, and get your money one way or another. Last but not least, we have Fanatics Jabs making a fun little contribution to the Dota 2 scene. He is the first professional player in Dota 2 to play in a major in all five roles. Uh, John, you and I struggle just to play our own one or two roles when it comes to games like League of Legends and MOBAs. I can't even imagine playing at a professional level and doing so in all five of those roles. Joey, I will never play jungle is, is what it really <laughs> comes down to. Uh, Your Amoebo jungle is not bad. That's because Amumu's the only character I know how to play that it can partially be a jungle when the patch is right. Um, no, like, I don't know pathing, I don't know anything, and I don't want to spend the time to learn it. Like, I just don't want to. It's, it's, a, it's a preference thing. So, yeah, uh, it, it's impressive. It's very, very impressive. Again, playing one position at a professional level is very impressive. Uh, playing two? Okay, now we're starting to get into some, like, territory that's like pretty epic three four five on the professional level that's really 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 special that's epic pog um, champ territory that is epic that is super <laughs> epic epic poggers fine i guess you are my little pog champ come oh. here moment 
Uh, simple as that. It, that's how epic it is, Joey. I, I think it's fantastic. I don't expect to see anything like this happen that often. Uh, but who knows? Sven's playing support for Cloud9, so, you know, there's that. <laughs> you never know. So today's PogChamp Award going to Fanatic's Jabs over in the Dota 2 scene. Oh, we're going to make this a thing? Today's uh, I mean, Award. it could. It could be fun. I kind of like, like the PogChamp like Award. Uh, last but not least, and possibly the next recipient of our PogChamp Award is going to be League of Legends Midseason Invitational. It is currently ongoing, and Stage 2, the Rumble Stage, kicks off tomorrow on Friday. If you guys want to see some really cool International League of Legends, it's not quite Worlds, but it is a nice little appetizer teaser to go take a look at some of the teams that will probably eventually make it there when that does happen in October. Again, Stage 2, uh, I would argue T1 is probably the favorite to win out here. Royal Never Give Up, another team that's looking very strong, as well as G2 Esports over in the LEC, the European scene. Definitely some good League of, League of Legends action to come this weekend ahead. Other than that, sir, we've covered new games. We've covered legal stuff, both on the esports side as well as the ongoing acquisitions on the gaming side. We have covered so much news on tonight's episode at our runtime just over an hour. Uh, I'm ready to jump off to eventually dive into some Italy update, maybe for Flight Sim, maybe tonight, maybe sometime this weekend, and some of these other amazing content games coming to games that we love. Yeah, Joe, I'm going to be honest. It's game two of the uh, Avalanche versus the St. Louis Blues for hockey. So I'm going to be tuning that on as soon as we're done here. Love it. Uh, so, Nation, that is going to do it for this edition of Level Up Live. But before you go, head on over to patreon.com slash OTN and consider becoming a part of the Overtime Network. In return, you will get access to content that nobody else in the world can get unless they are a part of OTN Media. If you have not done so already, make sure you follow the show here on Twitch to catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the show on our podcast feed, please do leave us a review if your podcatcher does allow. There are many ways for you to reach out to us. Joey, what are some of the ways Level Up Nation can reach out to us? Absolutely, Level Up Nation. Head on over to Twitter and find us at Level Up Live. That is L-V-L-U-P Live. In addition to that, you can follow the Umbrella Company, OTN Media, as well. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. On Twitter and Facebook, it's at OTN Media. On Instagram, at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, this show, Thursdays on Twitch. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media, as well as a number of other streams throughout the week. All right, make sure you tune in next week. That is Thursday, May 26th, as we continue to cover the latest and greatest in gaming and esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor, hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online, and as always, Level up.